Welcome to the Deep Roots at Home podcast. For those of you new here, the Deep Roots at Home website was founded by Jackie in 2011. As a retired RN, longtime homeschooler, past Lyme sufferer with a love of preventative natural medicinals, Jackie has encouraged women for years now. Our desire is to spread truth and important information during these recent deceptive times, as well as the practicals of homemaking and all things beautiful. Whether you are listening in the car, while you're making dinner for your children, or sitting with a relaxing cup of tea, welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Deep Roots at Home podcast. I'm your host, Abby Grace, and I am again thrilled to be here with you today. We have a very special guest today. We have Nikki Truesdell. She is a Christian, a wife, a mother of two sons and three daughters, and she's the author of the book, Anyone Can Homeschool, and she's working on her second book. You may have heard of her because she's a blogger, speaker, and a second-generation homeschooler. Nikki has loved to share all things about Christian parenting, homeschooling, and conservative issues since 2009. Nikki believes in bold truth-telling, biblical womanhood, and discipleship parenting. Today, we are talking specifically about motherhood, and our title is What is a Mother to Do? And I'm especially excited about this podcast because I'm a mama of eight children. I'm also a second-generation homeschooler, and I think we have a lot in common. So welcome to the podcast, Nikki. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. We do have a lot in common too, don't we? (laughs) We do. We do. And motherhood is an important topic to my heart as well. And I feel like um, as mothers out there, we we need all the encouragement we can get. Um, And it is our society does not have the support that that we need. And we need to be praying for each other and encouraging each other. So I'm just really, really thrilled to myself here what you want to share with us today. Well, thank you. When I was thinking about this podcast, there were a couple of things that came to mind. And, and this is a topic that I get a lot of questions about. And so I just wanted to share it a little bit more deeply. Um, we have a very important role as mothers in our society And sometimes when we have little children and our day is filled with just cleaning up messes and reminding kids to obey the same thing over and over, making meals over and over, it feels like it's not very important. It feels like we're not really changing the world. And then we read the news. um, We see things on social media that shock us. um, And we see the state of the world and it just feels like it's out of our hands. Like, I'm home changing diapers and wiping the table and I'm not helping, you know, I'm not changing the world. And so I just, I think it's so important to remind mothers all the time um, of this phrase a friend of mine had when she, she blogged previously and that the home is the nursery of the nation mm-hmm. and mothers manage this nursery. And though the importance of this role gets lost in our routines, it is one of the most important roles in our society. And it's hard to remember that sometimes. And so I just came here today to remind the listeners. Um, and, and so I just want to encourage you in a few ways um, how you can be a, a great manager of this little nursery, how your home, your simple duties at home do change the world. And so the first thing I want to share is that um, the results are not instant and that's okay. We trust God that he gave us these children and we have about 20 years with each of them. And the more children you have, the more years you have to raise them. Um, But what you're doing daily, nightly, weekly, hourly is so important. It's so much more important than any career that you could have or even a ministry outside your home. This is the most important one. And And, go ahead. to add to that, the, the little things that you're doing, they may, like you said, seem insignificant at the moment, but they're so huge. And I remember with my own children, um, I would, I was, I'm a real all or nothing person. And so I would be like, today, we're going to conquer all of the character issues on, in every child. And we're going to just <laughs> like major, major sweep in our home of, of bad attitudes and, and my husband would remind me, honey, it's take one little thing, one little thing. <laughs> yes. 
that sounds like me too. I just, I see the big picture. And my husband even says that. He says, you're a big picture person, not a details person. And I do that same thing. I just think we're going to fix it all. Let's just, yes. Yes. let's change the world today. Yes. And it always backfires. Yeah. 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 Well, I've, I have a grandson now, um, my first grandchild, and he's a year and a half old. And this has really become even more clear to me now that I watch my daughter having her own child and I and I get to see this I've I've known mothers and children all my life but somehow when you watch your child have a child you just learn some new things and so I see how secure he is with his mommy um you know his world is very small but it's so safe and comfortable he's very happy you know he he trusts his mommy and daddy and it sounds so simple but there is really something to be said about raising a healthy child and uh, giving them that safe feeling, you know, and, and he wants to be with his mama, you know, when, when she leaves the room, he panics, but he's a baby. And so that she is his safe space. And I love seeing that. I love that she has created a safe and loving home for him, but I love that big picture idea of it too, that um, his little world is safe. His world is healthy and loving and it's very comfortable for him. And, and you just, you can't beat that. Um, and I know that it's going to get a little harder for her and he's going to have disobedience issues and things like that. But right now he knows where he belongs and he is, um, it's a very stable home. And I, I feel like that's, if you don't do anything else, if you don't get all the laundry done or make the best dinner tonight, or your child takes a lot longer to learn to read, that is a really great starting point. It, you know, it's really true because especially in this society, we're not safe anymore. I mean, back in the 1950s, 1940s, I think there was a general, like general society, at least in my perspective, it feels like the, the nuclear family was there dad was home, um, family meals occurred. Mm -hmm. There was a general safety net, even in non-Christian homes. Yes. Um, and now we have splintered families. More families are divorced than they are married. Mm -hmm. but, but not only that, now you have uh, fears that the children have to deal with, with mm -hmm. whether it's COVID, whether it's um, all the assaults that are happening in the outside world. Mm -hmm. um, like it's not safe anymore. And uh, it never was safe when we look at it from God's eyes. Right. I mean, the world was never a safe place, but it is so, so much more um, noticeable now. It's so, it is, you know, and it, I, it's in our homes. If we're not careful, it's in our Christian homes. And it is, it is, it is very hard to make a safe space. So that's actually what I wanted to talk about today what can we do? What can mothers do in this world that is insane? How do we raise healthy children and how do we make a difference? Um, so the first thing is putting on the armor of God. Um, and so I just want to remind the readers that the, the scripture says, stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And uh, I know that when we think of the armor of God, we think of something out there. You know, we think of pastors or missionaries or evangelists, people that leave their homes every morning and go out into the big wide world. But mothers need this preparation every single day. The family is the enemy of Satan. We are engaged in spiritual warfare just by being mothers. And if you've got children, you already know this, there's a spiritual battle for your children every single day. And the best preparation is the armor of God. And everything listed there is exactly how we should be handling it with our children. Truth, righteousness, faith, prayer, and the word of God. All of these things are the first preparation that we can do. Mm -hmm. 
Now, there are about three other things that I want to um, talk about that fits into this. And so the first thing that I think is very important for us as mothers, as Christian mothers, is to shape the worldview of our children because we are raising the next generation. Um, they said the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. It's absolutely true. And that can be for good or for evil. And so we definitely want it to be for good. Um, and, and here's how we shape our children's worldview. And the first thing to know is we're doing it before they even know what a worldview is. They don't have to know the word. They don't have to take a course. You don't have to take a course. Right. What you're doing is teaching your children about God, about the gospel, sin, life, marriage. There's so many things in our normal life that are addressed in scripture. And the best way to know this is to read the Bible consistently from the beginning to the end and do it repeatedly. That's how we shape our worldview. But then we are preparing our children also to know a biblical worldview and to have something strong to stand on. And so we do this by teaching them the scriptures. I'm a big fan of reading the Bible with my children, even when they're teenagers and encouraging them to read on their own. And so not only do we read it with them, we help them understand it. And I've had a lot of people ask me, well, what if I didn't grow up reading the Bible? What if I don't know? I don't understand all these scriptures. And I just say, learn it with your kids. There is nothing wrong with learning it right now with your kids. Um, start with the children's Bible if you need to. And uh, get a study Bible with good notes. Talk to your pastor. Um, but dig in with them and, and be honest. If you don't know it all, say, I don't know, but we're going to find out the answer to that. But... The Bible addresses pretty clearly, if you are consistent with reading it, all aspects of life, even in the 21st century. I just wrote an article recently about um, technology in Christian homes. And even though the Bible doesn't say anything about iPhones or internet, it tells us how to act. It tells us how to control our time and how to be wise and what not to set before our eyes and all of those things. And so if we are able to look at the scriptures and think about the principles then we naturally build a worldview for our children. And that's going to matter the more exposure they have to the outside world. Mm -hmm. And apologetics just goes along with this. It's, it's all intertwined. And so um, I remember before I even thought about teaching my children apologetics, I have a son who was just obsessed with dinosaurs and I wanted him to understand dinosaurs and God and the Bible. And of course he asked all the questions and that was the beginning of apologetics for him, understanding that it's not just a mysterious millions of years thing, but that um, we can go to the Bible and we can get these answers and, and dig deeper and, and be able to defend our faith. And so that is one of the top things when we're raising children is to shape their worldview and and some days it's hard. <laughs> some days it doesn't even happen. But if you're consistent, you can talk to your children about what you're reading in the scriptures. It'll come back in a conversation later if you're um, exposed to something on the internet or you go to the store and see people that the kids ask questions about. That's happened to us before. Um, so many things happen in normal life that with that foundation in scripture, it comes back. It comes back for you and for them. And you can say, remember what the scripture says about marriage or about sin, all of these things. It, it's hard to just say, here's how you do it, except to say, stay in the scriptures, talk to your kids every day, and be willing to give an answer. When it comes to vaccines, most mothers and fathers want to know facts, not others' opinions. Jackie wished she had known more facts when she went in for her first well baby visit. Because Jackie strongly promotes parental choice, she felt led to write a short treatise with personal facts. This vaccination ebook is pretty concise to allow you, the parent, to read, research into the studies she shares, and come up with your own decisions. Jackie's sincere desire is that you and your children thrive, and so she presents to you the vaccination ebook free of charge. Simply go to deeprootsathome.com forward slash vital dash info dash ebook forward slash. That's deeprootsathome.com forward slash vital dash info dash ebook forward slash. When the children are super little and they are, you know, I know a lot of moms will say, how can I be in the word when I have babies, you know, I have yeah. little ones 
and you know, you, you hear all of this, well, just get up an hour earlier, get up <laughs> early. for a mama. That is one of the hardest things to do because you're up in the night nurse. Yes. Oh, I remember. And so one thing that I found that I would do is, um, I would just read my Bible with them, mm-hmm. even if they were, uh, um, uh, a little louder, or even if they were, um, you know, a little more distracting. I, I felt like, it's not realistic at this stage of my life to go in a closet all by myself. You know, you know, <laughs> the story of Susanna Wesley and how she used to with all of her children, she'd throw her apron over her yes. head to, yes. to pray. And so one thing I used to do is I would get some quieter toys and like maybe a, a bin of cars and trucks. And I would set my little one on the floor. This is when they were maybe two or three old enough to understand, you know, Mm-hmm. And I would say, mommy's going to read her Bible now. And I want you to just sit right there and you just play with your cars and trucks. Mm-hmm. And I would read my Bible. And oftentimes I would read it out loud. And it was my time with the Lord, but they were also, they're not only, not only are they hearing it, but they're watching and they're yeah. seeing that this is important to mommy. Mommy's doing this every day. Every day she's taking some time, even while I'm going vroom, vroom with my little cars and trucks, mm-hmm. you know, she's taking time with the Lord. And, um, I think that, that, um, you know, like you mentioned that in in and of itself is shaping their worldview, right? It is. Yeah. Well, and your kids are not going to grow up and say, well, how am I supposed to do this? Because you've already set the example. This is how you do it. It's not perfect. It's not quiet. You know, you don't have a candle lit and everything's beautiful. Right. right. Just do it. (laughs) And, and so your kids are already getting that example while they're little and they'll remember that. Yeah. I like that. Well, the next thing I want to say is, you know, when we're thinking big things, we're thinking visionary thoughts and we want to change the world by being mothers. Um, Something to remember is that each of your children is unique. Um, And sometimes we think, okay, this one's going to be a pastor and this one's going to be a nurse. And then I've got a missionary over here, but, and we all often want to kind of put on our kids what we think these big things are that they'll do. And it's okay to help them dream big dreams. It's okay to, you know, be open to whatever God has for them, but just pray for discernment um, for you and your spouse and, and be watching for what these kids are strong in and what they're weak in. help them with their strengths and weaknesses. You never know where they're going to go. And they may start in one path and change to another one. But one thing they're all going to be is adults. And another thing they're most likely all going to be is parents. And so you're setting an example right now for how to grow up and be a Christian and and most likely how to grow up and be a parent, a mother or a father. And you're showing them the importance of that role. And then whatever else God has for them, you can help prepare them. And and I say this too about um, homeschool, high school and graduation that Um, there's so many things that every kid needs to learn and then they'll have some special things that they you know that may send them off to college or a trade school or you know right into marriage whatever that is but just be open and pray for God to use them however he sees fit and that's kind of hard because sometimes that's going to turn out to be something we didn't really want them to do but let God work in them in whatever way he sees fit, because he's the one that put them on this earth. We were just uh, the mechanism, but God is the one that gave them life. Um, my daughter who is married is her husband's in the army. And so that means they don't live near us. And that means they, they could move further away from us. And I won't get to see my grandbaby as often as I want, but you know, I want, I want God to use them in whatever way he wants to not what's comfortable for me or convenient for me. And so we have to think that way. We have to think if God takes them to another country or puts them in dangerous positions because they want to be there and they want to be used by God, it's okay. Um, and I and I know we always want to fit our kids into some kind of dream that we have, but we really have to let that go. And, and if we do, if we trust God, it's amazing what he does with that faith. That's right. That's right. And, and, you know, I happen to have three married children right now. Um, and 
they all so far have stayed very close. Um, and I've been, that's been an especial blessing to me, especially as I have some grandbabies now. <laughs> um, but I have, I realized that this, this may not always be the case. Mm-hmm. And not only those children, but the, the ones that go on to get married, they may not all be around me. Like I want to have my nice little nest with all my grown yes. chickens around me, you yes. know, and that's part of motherhood too, is letting them go. It is because we do want to change the world. And sometimes we don't realize that what, what we're doing may involve who we raise. You know, I've heard that said before in several different ways. And sometimes our changing the world is just raising kids who are going to change the world. But you can't discount your role right now in raising those children. There's so many, so many famous people all throughout world history that have said, if it wasn't for my mother, I would never have gotten to this point. And these, these were world changers, martyrs, you know, nation builders. And so many different people have said, it's thanks to my mother. And so, you know, George Washington's mother probably didn't realize what she was raising but man, what a world changer. You know, you can, t- you can think of so many people. And when I read biographies, I like to look at that, look at the mother and what she did and, and, and what her influence was. And sometimes that, that is our world changing. In fact, most of the time, that is how we change the world. And, and that's part of what I love about homeschooling too, is mm-hmm. when you have a child that maybe doesn't fit into the world's mold, that mm-hmm. doesn't say, you know, this, this child does not learn to read at age seven, six, Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe this child, you know, learns in a different way, yeah. but, but when we can allow them to grow and flourish in their environment that they learn best in, mm-hmm. um, I mean, wasn't it Einstein? I can't remember now, but, but, um, just, just the brilliance there, the brilliance yes. of, of, um, uh, some of these people that would, would have been washouts, so to speak. Yes. School system. Um, but when they're, when they're allowed, even in their high school years to, you start to see the bend in which God has made them for their future careers. I mean, we could have a whole nother discussion on college <laughs> versus, versus uh, trade schools and trades because yes. we're losing our, we're, we're losing our, our trades these days. We don't yeah. have the plumbers and the welders and the builders that we need. Because they're, because yeah. of the towards college, but when we begin to see that these children, um, you know, don't it's okay they don't fit the mold, mm-hmm. uh, you know it's okay, and we let them create and explore and build and 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 use those gifts God has given them. That's part of changing the future generations as well. It is, and this is something that I learned. I mean, as as I've become an adult, I've been an adult for a little while now, but. Um, <laughs> You know, my parents took me and my sister out of school in the early 80s, right after they became Christians and they found out about homeschooling. Basically, they had a very radical transformation when they became Christians and they wanted to to honor God. And they did so many things that offended others, like and not that they went around telling everybody you need to do this. But we got rid of our TV. Uh, We homeschooled. We didn't celebrate Halloween. So many things that was this normal society. My parents looked at it and said, you know, I don't think that's for us. This, and this is why, you know, and they told us, this is why we're not going to do that. And I tell you what, it, I remember how hard it was. I remember the Christian friends who told my parents, well, you're so judgmental or um, that's silly or, you know, so many things, so many ridicule. Uh, statements and my parents stood firm anyway and I cannot tell you how that prepared me to be bold now if your kids see you being bold it empowers them and it's normal for my kids it's totally normal to be totally different from the rest of the world they don't even think about it but they're the third generation now of of people who don't do what the world does and and they don't even it doesn't even bother them to say, oh yeah, we've never set foot in a public school or we don't, we don't listen to that kind of music or whatever because it's normal. But somebody has to set that example, which is what my parents did. 
And so it was normal for me and it's normal for my kids and my five kids will all handle that differently. But wow, what a difference it makes if somebody sets the example and says, it's okay. It's okay not to do what everybody else is doing. It's okay if the world laughs, because you know what, while some people are laughing or making fun, others are going to say, you know, that's not a bad idea. I feel like I could do it. If this person can do it, then I can do it. And that's world changing. It's so big and um, it's difficult. And it's kind of seems small when you say, oh, we're, we're not going to celebrate Halloween. But it, it does make people think. And along the way, even though some people got mad at my parents, others decided to follow along. And so um, that's one of the other things I want to say is just be bold. Stand up for the truth, just like in the um, armor of God. The truth matters and it's, and, uh, it's worth standing up for. Amen. Mm-hmm. So the last thing I want to say in being a world-changing mother and this is very important, and it kind of goes along with what I just talked about as far as boldness, and that is to protect your kids from the world while you're preparing them for the world. Mm-hmm. And people, well-meaning people will say, you can't shelter your kids. And I always say, oh, yes, I can. <laughs> and I will. Um, and, and it's sad that even Christians will say this to you, but your children need shelter. Just like we talked about in the beginning, like with my little grandson, he needs to be sheltered. It's not a safe world Um, for children. Children are the the main target of our evil society these days. If you look at the different news stories, you can see that children are the common denominator. Children need to be sheltered and protected like little chicks under their, their mother hen's wing. If you've ever raised chickens, you've seen that. And it's so adorable that the little chicks run under their mama when they feel scared. Um, the same thing with plants in a greenhouse. Those things are being sheltered. They're protected from the strong winds until they are strong enough to go outside where the rains come down hard and the winds blow cold. That's how our children are. And there is nothing wrong with sheltering them. And so I will tell you, shelter them and don't apologize. It is no secret that Jackie loves TRS, but some have asked exactly what is TRS? TRS is a nano zeolite spray that facilitates some amazing things. TRS does not heal anything, but it gently clears the body of toxins and heavy metals. So the body can heal itself exactly as God designed it to do. Why not get to the root cause instead of just applying band-aids? Excellent supplements and individual remedies can help, but they cannot help as much until you remove the root source of inflammation and disease. Detoxing toxins and metals is foundational to good health. TRS is safe for the elderly and for children as well. For more information, go to www.deeprootsathome.com forward slash TRS. while you're sheltering them, you can still prepare them for the world outside. Um, and, and it's going to look a little different in every house with your children versus my children or the children next door, because every family is individual and deals with different things. Um, but I'll just give a couple of examples <clears throat> in our, in our family. Um, my youngest is now 12. So there are things that we can talk about that if I still had a five-year-old, I wouldn't discuss. Um, but other people have been shocked at the things that my 12-year-old is allowed to know about. So every family is different and that's okay. I think we all need to decide with discernment and prayer what is appropriate for our kids. Um, and one child may be different than another as well. That is definitely true. I mean, I <laughs> in our Bible reading, uh, we were reading the story of Sodom and Gomorrah today. And I was using the New Living Translation, which is a little more explicit with the words. Uh, and then with uh, Lot and his daughters right after that, there's kind of a lot of information there. Yeah. And so <laughs> while my 17-year-old can handle all of that, I'm not going to read all those words out loud to my 12-year-old. So I'll substitute a few words. Uh, she gets it. She gets the idea. But she doesn't need these words in her head. Um, but she still understands that we've got a culture that's full of um, trans whatever, trans men, trans women, gay couples, there are some on our street, you know, you can't hide this stuff from them. But what you can do is limit the exposure 
and then talk about the worldview, like I said at first, talk about what God says about these things and teach your kids to see the difference between following God's law and sinning and, and rejecting it and how to react when we see these things in public. How do we treat people? You know, we still treat people with love, even though they've chosen to sin. There's so many different, I mean, there's, there's like this line and you go up and down the line, depending on your children and their age and what they're ready for. If your kids go to public school, they're probably exposed to a lot more than my kids are. And so you've got to be ready to discuss all these topics in a biblical way. Um, so I always say, teach them about the world through a biblical lens or a filter um, conversations all the time. If they say, why is that person dressed like that? Or, you know, what about that commercial we just saw on TV? Just talk about it. Don't, um, don't sweep it under the rug because the kids need to hear from their mom and dad. This, we are their safe space. We are their information. Um, and so it's up to us to address the situation and follow it up with what the Bible says, or what, what is the principle that God has given us to address that particular situation. Another thing is um, social media. You know, it's, it's really a big deal. Internet, social media, um, cell phone use, all of that. And so it's, unless we're going to be Amish, it's kind of hard to just tell our kids, no, you'll never have that. And so we have to decide when it's appropriate and then how to use it. And so, you know, <laughs> social media has changed a lot since my oldest one was 14 to now my youngest one is 12. Um, I did let my older kids on Facebook at a time when I will not ever do that again. You know, my youngest one still is not going to get on there for a long time, but things change. And like you said, each kid is different. And also every year is different in this, in this society. It's harder, it's worse. And so it's okay to let your rules change and evolve based on um, what's smart and what's wise. And so I do um, still believe it's okay at a certain age to let your child do a social media account. I wouldn't do it at 12, um, but my 17-year-old has an Instagram account, but we talk about it. You know, we have a lot of conversations about what's on there and, and he comes, he's a talker anyway. He'll come to us all the time and say, oh, I was listening to this one guy and he said this, and then we'll talk about it. And um, instead of saying, no, don't do it. It's evil. It's bad. You don't want to look at that. Um, it's the world we live in. And so it's easier to slowly let them adjust kind of like you would with a plant from the greenhouse. You eventually move it outside so that it gets a little bit of exposure every day to the sun and the cold winds. And then you move it back in. It's the same way with our children, a little bit of exposure under the careful guidance of parents is so much wiser than saying no, never or yeah, whatever, you know, there's gotta be a very safe middle ground. I'm glad you brought that up because I think some people um, think when you say shelter your children that, you, that you're basically going to tell their 21 years old, keep yeah. them in a, you know, out on a farm in, in some rural area with- Which um, would be nice. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice? Mm -hmm. but, but it's so true that there has to be a, a gentle nurturing and you- yeah. You know, there, there has to be, um, while they're under your roof, a growing mm -hmm. them into, growing them up with that biblical worldview and helping them deal with the world so that it's yeah. not all or nothing. So that it's not yeah. that they go off to college or, or they go out in the world and now they're going crazy because they've never been exposed to these things. Mm -hmm. But it's not at five years old saying, well, they have to be exposed somehow, you know, right. it's, it's very measured doses as the Lord brings providential opportunities. And there will be because of the world we live in where they're going to be something or they're going to, they're, they're going to um, be exposed to something and then being able to guide them and nurture them through that. And it takes a lot of wisdom. I tell you what, parenting is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> it's not. I, my oldest is 26 and I, I definitely feel like it's gotten harder Yeah. Um, since she was little. Um, you know, and, and I've still got three teenagers at home and I, I tell my husband almost every day now, this is really hard. And I didn't used to say that, Yeah. Um, but it is such a different world. Even in the last 10 years, it's so much different. Very much so. 
That's why going back to what you said about the safe place, I want my home to even be a safe place for my adult children to come home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, a place where they know. And, you know, one thing, even, even as our children grow and they may, be get, they may have different views about certain things, um, even I know in our home, we always had the, the non-negotiable, thus saith the Lord things. And then we had the daddy's preference things. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we, one of the things that we felt was very important um, was to make a distinction between those two. So that they yeah. saw, these are the preferences that dad has. I cannot say chapter and verse, this is, you know, this is sin. But in our home, this is the way we feel is best. But that's really good, a good yeah. way to put it. Yeah. And so as they go out there into the world and they may decide after they're married that there is a daddy's preference that they're going to have a different view on, that's part of letting go too. But, 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 um, still letting them feel that safe spot, that safe place of being, being, um, of gathering. And, you know, if I could just add, add in something that we do now with older children, like I said, I have eight children. My oldest is 25. My youngest is 10. So I'm very much like you. Uh -huh. Um, one thing we've established, and this is now, uh, something that maybe our listeners that have little ones can look forward to and it is so rewarding. Um, we have a weekly family night. And like I said, my children are still in the area. So um, this may not be for everyone, or it may only be for, you know, maybe part of the family right. that is nearby. But we have a weekly family night where the kids um, come home if they want, if they're able to, you know, usually, usually I cook sometimes when I'm not up to it, I'll say everyone bring your own supper because mm -hmm. it's just too much for mommy this week. <laughs> um, um, sometimes we'll, you know, order pizza or something like that. Yeah. But basically it, it's a time when everybody knows that whoever's available and it's not, it's made, not made a heavy burden. If they've got other plans or something mm -hmm. like that, then it may, be five out of the eight children or and their spouses or usually um you know the the boyfriends and the girlfriends are allowed to come and and it's usually a big group of us <laughs> um but but it's like and we see them hopefully other times out of the week but it's like that one night of the week is kind of like I don't know a reconnection where um the siblings know they get to see their other siblings and and um okay. So, so that's just something to put in the, you know, to put out there as an idea when you have grown children of something you can do. And it is hard to think that way when they're all little. It is. You know, when you're changing diapers and you are in that fog of motherhood and they say the, the days are, sh the, the years are short, but the days are long and it's so that's true too. <laughs> because you blink, but you don't, yeah. when you're in the throes of it. You don't feel that way. No, I, I tell this to younger mothers now, and I say, I know you're going to hear this all the time, but it is true that this will go by so quickly yeah. Yeah. and you will miss it because I do. And, and that's why I'm thankful for grandkids, because then you do. I understand grandmothers now. You oh, get a yes. second chance at <laughs> those babies the best. and you you get a you get more time to appreciate the babies, yeah. you know, instead of thinking, oh, I'm so tired. Oh, he needs another diaper change. Oh, he's still hungry. You know, right. everything is wonderful and everything yes. is okay. <laughs> yes. But I also have thought about that in terms of, okay, I'm not his mom, but I still have an influence. My grandparents influenced me very heavily. And so I think, okay, I've raised these two daughters already. I've got three more, but what can I do as the grandmother? And I think it's feel the same, but also allowing, like you said, having a family night where all the grand, the grown kids come home and gather, you're building a strong family unit. And so to me, that's kind of expanding that safe place for the grandkids, you know, oh, I've got all these aunts and uncles and my grandparents. It's, it's building a bigger safe space right. and they get to see you and you do have that influence over them. Um, and all of the things that I already talked about, you can still do on some level with grandchildren. Uh, we do something similar. I, you know, I have one daughter that lives in town and one that lives out of town. But when the out of town daughter comes here, 
we always get together, you know, the whole group as much as possible. Everybody come over or let's go out to eat or something. And, and my mom lives close by. So if she can come, she does too. Uh, so then you have that family bonding still. And like you said, it's not always convenient for every person at the same time, but um, it's just, it's a different relationship that you have with your grown children and you still do have an influence. Um, and, and I will say that sometimes it doesn't feel like it because like you said, they will grow up and they'll do some things that maybe you think, well, I didn't teach them that. Right. But you've done your part. Now they're adults. You know, I did things my mom didn't teach me to do and that she might be thinking, I didn't teach her that. But um, that's, that's what we do. We raise them according to the wisdom that we have from God. We do our best and then we give them that independence and the rest is up to God because he gave them to us. He put them in this world for a purpose. Um, and that's why I said, remember they're individuals. Everyone is unique and God will use them right where they are. And it's a journey. I'm not at the same place I was 20 years ago. Oh, me neither. They're not at the same place they will be in 20 years. Exactly. The Lord has to work individually in their lives, just like he worked in ours and is working in ours. Mm -hmm. We won't be the same in 20 years. The Lord is working with us continually. We're all on a journey. And so each of our children are on a journey as well. And, And so you know, if I could just, if we could encourage parents that maybe are going through a hard time with their children, that the way it is today is not necessarily the way it will be in five years, 10 years, you know, the Lord so has them in the palm of his hand. And if yeah. they've been given the truth, he will, he will guide them. And, 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 you know, the, um, if they've been given to him, then he, um, he's working. He, one of the things I, I pray is, you know, Lord, you know, you know, individually how to get a hold of my child's heart. Like he knows the best way um, to work providentially in their lives, to do that sanctifying work, to do that saving work, to do that, that, um, that, that building work in those children. I don't even know. Um, I mean, we know our children better than anybody else, but we don't know, like the Lord knows what they need. In these troubling times, it's no secret that we are being censored. It's getting harder and harder to spread the truth. Facebook is throttling us, and we don't know how much longer we will be there. Here are a few things you can do to stay in touch with Deep Roots at Home. Firstly, sign up for our newsletter. Jackie sends out exclusive, important content to her readers. The link will be in the show notes. Number two, consider making Deep Roots at Home your homepage in your browser. Number three, print your favorite Deep Roots at Home articles and place them in a binder to have on hand in case of emergency. And finally, follow us on other social media channels. We are now on Telegram and Gab and soon Truth Social. Jackie's greatest desire is that God would be glorified through these dark times. We don't know the future. You know, we have no idea. Sometimes I think when something has happened, something big, I think a year ago, I had no idea that this would be happening. Exactly. Whether it's a great thing or an awful thing. And it's, and it's a good thing that God doesn't let us see the future because um, some things we don't want to (laughs) know, you know, and then other things we'd be very impatient for and not understanding what he's having us go through right now. But yes, there are so many different with each individual child and you multiply that times how many kids you have it can seem like, oh, I'm not doing this right. I've messed up or I don't even understand this child of mine. What am I supposed to do? I I just want to say this will pass. (laughs) Um, And almost every situation is like that. I can't promise 100% of the situations will pass, but most of the time there is growing, there's maturity, there's help that you were able to find. um, There's spiritual growth. There's so many reasons why what, if someone's going through something very difficult right now, it is temporary. It almost always is, especially when we trust God and we, and we pray and know that whatever is happening, he's working it for our good. I have in, in my book that I wrote, um, it was born out of struggle, a lot of struggle. And that's why I wrote that anyone can homeschool because I went through um, an abusive marriage. And then I ran away from it. And I was a single mom and I was broke. 
and then I worked and I was a single working mom and uh, I've had migraines my whole life. So, um, and more than that, so many things that I had to struggle through to find out I could still homeschool through this and that. But at the time I didn't think I'm learning some great things and I'm going to write a book someday because I was thinking this is too hard. I don't want to do this anymore. And so that's why I say it's probably temporary. Whatever you're going through, just let God work in you. Let him teach you whatever that lesson is, because the longer we refuse the lesson, the longer the, (laughs) the lesson continues. And so even with a child that you may be having trouble with for whatever reason, just keep trusting in God, uh, put on that armor of God. And remember, we struggle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Um, Don't forget that being a mother is a spiritual battle too. It is diapers and snacks and all of that, but it's a spiritual warfare too. I can remember calling my husband and he used to like to use the analogy of like being in a, in a um, boxing ring, in a fighting match. <laughs> a good one. <laughs> and I would call him and um, in tears, I can't do this. I cannot do this anymore. I cannot do this. And there were so many days where I just feel like, you know, it's you between the diaper changes and, and refereeing the next, you know, spat between siblings mm-hmm. and the burned, dinner and you know the fatigue that comes with motherhood oftentimes between all of these things you know it doesn't seem spiritual yeah but my husband would say to me when I would call him and say I can't do this he would say you're in the ring you are in that the ring. it's true you know and it, it feels was, like it sometimes it but but what his point was not I, I don't know if you've ever seen the Rocky movies but his point oh. was you might be down but you're still in this match You know, you can get back up again. You can get, you know, it it may feel like um, you're not, you're, but you're still there and you're in the middle of it and you are doing it. And that's, that's the point he was making was you're doing this. You think you can't do it, but you're doing this. And just by being there and, and that goes full circle to your first point, because just being there Mm -hmm. in the home as a mother, you may not feel like you have, you've had the memorized scripture today you may not feel like you've you've um done these great amazing things today yeah just being there a safe space for your mm-hmm. little children is and point is pointing them to christ and yes huge being it in is. the thing, being in the moment with them and and not giving up not you That's know right. not, not giving up but putting just going back again on our knees to the Lord. And just, even if all we can do that day is say, we're going to hit the reset button and we're going to just sit on the couch together and hug each other mm-hmm. and read some books or something, you know, mm-hmm. it's true. It feels like, you know, well, I've got to give out one more snack or fill up one more cup, but for those little kids, that's love, you know, that's, that's all they need. They know mama's going to do that. And they feel so happy afterwards. And yeah, it's not a perfect world, but that's like you said, you're just there and that's all they need to know sometimes. And um, it's easy to get caught up in all these wonderful things mothers can do that we see on Instagram or, you know, bloggers. And and you think, oh, I have this long list of great things we're going to do when I raise my children. And then nothing goes right. And you think, what a waste of a day. But (laughs) again, you've had your children at home they're safe from the outside world as much as you can provide that and you love them. And that's the starting point. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been, this has been amazing. Um, I feel like we could talk for hours and hours. I think so. And I was encouraged too, because I'm still raising kids and it's still not easy. So it was very encouraging for me. So tell us before we end here, tell us about the book you're writing. Okay, well, I am writing a new book on education, and this is based on a very popular blog post that I wrote a couple of years ago called It Does Not Take 12 Years to Educate a Child, Um, and I just barely touch on that in the first book, Anyone Can Homeschool, but I just wrote it for for people to understand, because my main goal is to say, yeah, you can do this. You can homeschool because you're not a public school teacher. You're not a public school administrator. 
you're a mom. And so my goal with that article was to help people understand that what the public school does is what public school does. That's not how education has always been, nor is it how it really works. And so um, I am trying to turn that article into a much more detailed book because um, it really opened a lot of eyes to see that our forefathers in America and even long before America were educated a hundred different ways. And some of the smartest people in the world were educated very randomly at home a little bit, you know, at a tutor's house and so many different ways before public education even existed. And what I hope to do with that message is to give more parents the confidence to say, oh, okay, if, if Orville and Wilbur Wright's mom could teach them and then they can invent the airplane, then I think I can do this too. So that's sure that's along very slowly. <laughs> do you have any uh, goal as far as when that will be when that will be out? Uh, I'd love for it to be sometime in 2023. Okay. It's a very research heavy book, so that's why it's a little slower. The first one came right out of my head from my own experiences. This one's a little more research heavy, so it gotcha. takes more time. But hopefully so, this year. I'm sure that people can keep up um, with. The progress on that and everything from your blog right and yes that's, that that's right yep and i'm on uh, facebook and instagram every day and um i will be at some homeschool conventions this year too in not very many yet because it's hard to travel too far right now but i will be at two texas conventions and in north dakota and um, probably one in oklahoma so it's all on my website too under events if anybody's in those places sounds great well I would love to have you back um I would love to come back yeah we have a lot more to talk about so we'll be <laughs> looking forward to that um but uh thank you thank you so much Nikki and we just really appreciate all this encouragement and insight and I know that our listeners will be blessed thank you I appreciate you inviting me on Thanks for joining us on the Deep Roots at Home podcast. We pray it has encouraged you in your walk with the Lord and as you serve your family. Could you do us a favor? If this has blessed you, could you help us spread the word by liking and sharing this podcast with your friends? And don't forget, we have lots of great links in the show notes that go along with today's podcast. See you next time.